Welcome into the Camel Call Podcast. I hope you get educated and learn some baseball in this latest episode. I'm Evan Budgervich sitting down with Matt Parrish, the 2016 Senior Class Award winner for academic and athletic excellence in all of college sports. Matt was a standout in both ways, a 3.7 GPA in mathematics, and he was a two-time academic all-conference in the Big South. He also was an all-conference player his final season. Matt hit 370 his last year at Campbell and was a fantastic player both as a catcher and a first baseman, kind of a utility guy for the Camels. A neat perspective for Matt because he played not only on a championship team in 2014, he played his final year on a team that wasn't eligible for the postseason. So really learning how to be a leader throughout his career and a kid who was born and raised at West Johnston High School just down the road in Benson. So somebody who certainly knows the area very well and, and knows how important it is to be a student athlete here at Campbell. So we hope you enjoyed this conversation with Matt Parrish. We are delighted to have Matt Parrish here with us, a multi-time academic All-American, one of the smartest kids on a baseball field you're going to meet. Matt, first and foremost, thanks for jumping on the Camel Call podcast. And secondly, how are you hanging in there during uh, these uncertain times? Well, it, it, trying to figure out ways to keep myself busy, uh, much like probably most people uh, I've been going outside a lot, trying to enjoy some of the weather, uh, play a little golf, and study when I'm supposed to. But that's probably the most difficult part is staying focused and trying to study some. For those who, who aren't aware, Matt, obviously you graduated from Campbell, gosh, now four years ago. And now you're in the middle of medical school at, at ECU. And, and I'm always curious about that next step and, and what those journeys are like for you. What have you learned throughout this experience? I mean, through this experience, kind of just applying a lot of the lessons and stuff that you, you learn throughout your life and especially on the baseball field and in patience and and understanding of how to remain focused and kind of see the bigger picture. I know I was right uh, about to take the actual first uh, part of my licensing exams, which is called step one. And two days before I was going to take it, it got canceled because of the the restrictions in place and stuff so trying to figure out how to remain focused in that i think it's it's definitely reiterated and given me an opportunity to kind of step back and and focus and and realign kind of my goals and and to really just kind of assess where i'm going to be at in the you know next couple years it's really neat too because you are a local kid you were born in raleigh you grew up gosh just 20 minutes from campus and went to west johnston high school so I have to ask, as someone who grew up in the area, did you ever expect to, to go to Campbell as a kid, or what's that dynamic like as you're growing up? Yeah, so I knew about Campbell University because my cousin actually played at East Carolina, and so every time that they would come into town and play Campbell, and that was early, late 90s, early 2000s, I was in like elementary school, uh, we would always go down to Campbell and see him play. And, um, you know, being in the area that we are, there's always, you have the humongous uh programs like when growing up you're like oh i gotta go to nc state and play or go watch their games and then you go to carolina and you're like oh this is awesome whoa and then when i kind of got growing up and getting in high school and stuff i really started really assessing things and you know i knew a guy who played down at campbell i got to really look at the program come and watch them a couple of games and i was like man, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Like I, I just kind of that, that flexibility and that freedom that playing there, playing at Campbell offers. And then I met with coach golf 
and um, Coach Heron. I was like, they sold me. And I coincidentally met with some other coaches at other local colleges, and I just did not have the same experience that I did when I met Coach Golf and Coach Hare. So it probably wasn't until like my junior, senior year of high school that I was like, you know, Campbell is somewhere that I really, really see myself at and see myself playing there. And I mean, it, it worked out for the better and I perfectly, it was a perfect fit in my mind and I, I loved every minute of it. I'm glad you brought that up too, because not only were you a great baseball player, obviously a, a very smart student, and it sounds like it started in high school because you were the class valedictorian at West Johnston. Yeah, that's, I think that's something that's kind of always been ingrained and in, in, in just growing up, and it was never that my parents expected grades, and it's never that. It's more um, they just wanted me to always do do my best, and at the end of the day, if, if I put all my effort into it, I can live with that result. And so I probably honestly put more pressure on myself academically than anybody else did. And I mean, I knew in college, like, yes, what I've loved to play professional baseball, but I knew in high school and in college that the chances of me playing professional baseball were, were, were not, you know, that, that great. And so I knew that I had to, you know, I was going to make my living in the, in the classroom and, and being able to do that and being able to apply kind of the, my gifts in, in that way. So I always put a real big emphasis to myself of like striving in the classroom and trying to be as good and well-rounded as I could. One anecdote I want to bring up is your senior year, you were one of the best hitters in the big South and hit around 370. Your GPA was 3.77. So I don't know if you ever got a chance to kind of look at that and, and reminisce on some of those moments. No, I didn't. Actually, now that you think about it, that's I haven't even thought of it like that. I just remember riding on bus rides, and it would be – the whole bus is, like, pitch black because we just got through with the road series. And I'm, like, having to try to do my chemistry homework on the bus with the spottiest Wi-Fi, like, hotspot in my phone, trying to submit my answers and stuff. But, uh, no, that's a good point. I never thought about that like that. But that's, that's, uh, that's something special. Well, I'm glad it can help give you a, a chuckle for the rest of the day. Um, Matt, I want to ask about your freshman year because you were on a team that, although they did not make an NCAA tournament, they were about as good as any team in the country in 2013. And and I know you only had about five at-bats. You didn't have many plate appearances that year. But what was it like coming in day one and, and being part of a, a nearly 50-win team your, your first year? You know, it, in one word, it was special. And the reason I say that is because – as a freshman, you come in, it's, you have, it's just a complete change in mindset from high school to college. And, you know, they had just come off of a 40 plus win season again on the upswing and you get there and you're like, man, how am I going to be able to contribute to a team that just also won, you know, 40 games and missed out on a, a regional by, you know, a game or two in the tournament and stuff. Like, how am I going to contribute? So you kind of have that in your mind, like, ah, but early on, the team, I mean, like the especially the, the juniors and seniors early on, they were big in leadership and big. And I think they had an older team. I, I pre, our, our, my freshman year was a, an older team. And I think that was really, really paid off because those guys were more than happy to, you know, hang out with the young guys and take us under the wings. And, and actually, I think a good part of that is we actually had six catchers on the roster that year, I believe, or five. And so, like, individuals and stuff, we were literally a collective, like – the five catchers with Coach Hare, I mean, we would do 
we were out here doing drills and, and the drills were <laughs> the hardest thing I'd ever done as a catcher before then. And it's like, you know, each one's pulling for one. They don't care uh, if you're a freshman, if you're starting, if you, you know, doing anything, they, Hey, we're all pulling for each other. So I think building that atmosphere and building that, that brotherhood early on definitely helped. And especially as you're going through the season, like you said, you know, only getting five at bats and some pinch hits here and there and some blowouts, but still, you know, you feel a part of it. And I think the best way to do it is just kind of be, be there on the ride and make sure that you're going to be there the best teammate you can. Cause there's other things you can bring to the table. And I think that, that was what freshman year really taught me was you don't have to bring a 380 average. You don't have to bring 20 doubles. You know, you can be the guy who is uh, working the books and making sure you're tracking every pitch, telling guys tendencies, trying to pick up signs, pulling for every teammate. You know, if that the pitcher comes out and has had a rough outing, when he comes in the dugout, you know, you don't really like to talk to him, but, hey, welcome to him, say, hey, you want a cup of water or something like that? Just – being a better teammate and sometimes it's really hard to learn that. But I think that first year, that was probably the, the one thing that I really learned is how to be a better teammate and how to be the best teammate that I could be. I'm curious then, Matt, because obviously that team was so close to making a tournament. How did that motivate you guys going into 2014? And, and I know that group obviously made the NCAA tournament, but what was that season like just from a motivation standpoint? I mean, it, it definitely left, left a sour taste. That's for sure. Uh, because like you said, there's not many teams in the country that won 49 games that didn't make a regional. And so you kind of have that, that sour taste. And I think it was just the, the, the next year we had that, just that kind of not really like a huge chip on our shoulder because we knew what it took. I think it was that, you know what, this time we're not even going to leave it up to chance. We're just going to uh, make sure that it's set in stone, that it's going to be there for us in the end. And so I think, that was our kind of our mentality, especially when we got to the tournament. Um, Cause we started off the year in the uh, in conference play pretty good. But when we got to that tournament and got in, it was like, Hey, let's turn it up one more notch. Let's run through the tournament and let's, let's lock it in. This is probably an easy question then, but what's the difference between sitting, you know, at a restaurant waiting to see if your name's called and then actually kind of knowing where you're going and, and being able to play in Columbia in that tournament? Uh, yeah, it's a big difference. That's for sure. Because I, probably because sitting in that restaurant, we, we, you know, everybody in the room thought our name was going to get called and we knew the order of the regionals were getting announced. And so we knew that after they announced the order, our, you know, name was going to be towards the end because all the kind of the talk and Twitter feeds and stuff were having us playing in somewhere kind of local. So those regionals were at the end. So we knew we were going to do it. And then having that kind of ripped away, you're like, man, but after winning that tournament, that bus ride home, you're like, it's, we're not done. Like the next year after we win the tournament, you know, we, we go shower up and we're like, heck yeah, we're getting to play again. And then finding out we're in South Carolina, even cooler because you're playing at a, you know, perennial powerhouse college uh, program that, you know, you big time names come out and you're like, man, I cannot wait to play. So it's, it's definitely a night and day. Matt, kind of between your sophomore and junior year, and I was looking through your, your bio page to find this, but you sort of had a renaissance not only as a player but with your hair. And you kind of had the bowl cut early in your career, that, that flowing hair, kind of the buzz cut type look. And then your your junior and senior year, you went, I don't know if it was Suavecito or, you know, we can go into the whole type of hair product, but you, you really seemed to take a next step kind of growing up with the hair. 
<laughs> that's funny because every now and then I look at those pictures and I crack up myself. That's for sure. Yeah, my uh, you know, or freshman sophomore year, I, I as a kid, I'd always buzzed my hair, just kind of had it short. So I did the same thing, and then my sister was probably the one who um, pushed me to do it. She she actually uh, does hair for a living. She's a cosmetologist, and and, and she graduated um, from there probably in like uh, 2010, 11, so before I even got to Campbell. But so she had always just buzzed my hair, and then one day it might have been, I think, like I said, one day I came home, and it was like sophomore year. She was like, you know, try something different. Like, it's like, I, you know, let's just try something. I was like, sure, whatever you want, try it. And so she cut it and cut a little short on the sides, left a little long on the top. But of course my hair was already really short. So like it took all of summer and everything to get like any kind of, I guess the, the flow, the look to it. And I mean, I had Drew Butler on my team. So I had, I had to compete with somebody like, you know, I had to try to have some flow. So kind of did that and then she gave me some gel and the rest is history so that's the look I keep rocking I tell you I, I think it's a positive step for many reasons but it does it does <laughs> look sharp absolutely oh <laughs> uh, Matt it's fascinating in kind of your career we'll talk about the playing stuff first because you were on two teams early on that were very good and the records were you know 40 plus wins your final two years you were on teams with a lot of talent but didn't necessarily have quote-unquote, the results or, or the wins and losses. And I'm always fascinated to hear maybe like what you learned in that process of being on a team that had some talented kids, no doubt, but didn't necessarily have the the results or, or the championships that some of those previous teams did. Yeah, that you know, I, I truly think my freshman year, we had, in my opinion, at Campbell, one of the most talented teams that I had played on in my four years. And when I say that, I'm talking starting nine. And down through the you know first four or five guys off the bench that, that first year, and it might have been just because they were older and we had a bunch of seniors that year, but that was a team that I think was very talented and stuff. And then kind of my sophomore year, I we overachieved in my opinion, but I I don't like to say it that way because we put in the work to get those results. So I don't think it was a overachieve. I think we just all were clicking and performed to our peak and. You know, when that happens, good things happen. I mean, that's what Coastal Carolina did in our senior year. They all clicked at the same time, and this is how it works. So those first two years, we figured it out like a way to just kind of gel and really click. And then in our junior and senior year, as a group, like you say, we had some really talented players. I mean, like on the mound, Heath Bowers had some great games. Cedric Mullins in the center, just absolute stud out there. And, I mean, we had some really good talent. And I don't know. I, I try to think about it. I don't know what the difference was. Um, it's it's hard to say. We we got ourselves in a lot of holes early in those uh, in those two years. I mean, we we would in through five innings, we'd be down a run or two, and and that kind of takes away from our offense and the way we play. Uh, but I, it's hard to put exact you know finger on exactly what it was. I think talent wise, we were there. Um, and it just didn't, the results didn't fall our way. I know we, uh, ran into some, some, uh, some diff- difficulties in the conference tournament. Uh, and that was, especially junior year, I, I we should have won that conference tournament. We really should have. Um, we honestly, I think played some of our worst games of the year in the conference tournament. 
Um, as far as, yeah, the score might not be different, but I'm saying we made some miscues and some mistakes that we didn't make all year. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's tough to kind of get that, but that's baseball and that's the way it rolls sometimes. And, you know, you can't, you can't control but so many things. I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because, you know, your senior year, you went into the season kind of with a different expectation than most years and, and due to some, some things in the past with the program that was kind of out of your control, you guys knew that there wasn't going to be the quote-unquote Big South Tournament in the postseason and, and all the things of that nature. So as you're going into a year that's just so different than any year you had been through, I'm curious what you learned from a leadership standpoint of guiding some of these young freshmen and sophomores who we've seen now you know, just win a couple titles in a row. But just your role in kind of getting the group ready to play and competing even though there wasn't necessarily a, a national title on the line type of thing. Yeah, and I think that year I, I really tried to emphasize just winning each day and trying to – or even that, winning each pitch. And so because the, if you have that mindset of winning each pitch, winning each out, uh, that translates – whether or not you're playing the postseason or not, that's going to translate to to – good at bats that translates to uh, you know good games and that translates to wins and then those wins translate to championships and so just kind of trying to reiterate like the prep work and the preparation of how to win each pitch and win each bat because um for my approach it my approach at the plate shifted i mean not really shifted but it, it definitely changed from freshman to senior year and just kind of making sure that you know try to instill that mentality of yes we might not have uh, you know, can't play for the championship, Big South championship or a regional this year. That's not a failed season, right? That's not a failed season. That is, uh, you know, we still need to go out here and do the best we can, get as good as we can, and to try to instill that that mindset of Campbell baseball. So that's kind of what I try to do just because, I mean, I was the only four-year senior on the team. Uh, and so <clears throat> I have, like I said, like, you, like we were talking about earlier, I've been – all the way from 49 win teams to low 30 wins, right? And so it's kind of just trying to pass along that, just all the stuff that I had accrued and stuff and trying to just build that mindset of just win every pitch, win every every out, and it, and it translates to success. So that's kind of what I tried to really emphasize, especially some of the younger guys who I, you knew had some potential and stuff. I do want to ask you a couple of things about the end of your career because, yeah. one, you guys got to beat High Point at home in your final series with graduation weekend and, and all the festivities there. So what is it like as a competitor just to be able to go out and, and beat your rival, you know, obviously graduate from Campbell and all the emotion that goes into one weekend? So, yeah, that was that was actually a really fun day. And um, you, you have graduation. I had a lot of family coming that weekend just because it, um, it was obviously graduation weekend and – I really was fortunate to be able to have that at home. And uh, it's just a, I don't know, it's a different, it's a fun experience to be able to play in front of everybody, have that, and, and you're playing against High Point. <laughs> and, you you know, anytime we play against them, it seemed like they were always really good games and and um, had some really good series against them. And so it's one of those where being able to play at home, having just graduated kind of with the local crowd and, and being a local kid, I just think it's kind of like a, you know, just like a, a peak, a, not a peak, but like a culmination of all the events and all the things coming together to be a really, uh, really cool day. 
And then, too, of course, because obviously you're, you're going to the final weekend kind of knowing, hey, this is it. Like, we're playing one more weekend. I think there was yeah. a rain out in the midweek, so literally these are the last couple of games. And you guys go down to Coastal, who we knew was a good team. Maybe you didn't know that was that yeah. good to yeah. win a national title. What is it like playing a team of that caliber? Because obviously back and forth every year it was competitive with Coastal, but take me through that mindset a little bit. And then as you watch them the next few weeks go on this magical run to win the national title. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with you. When we got there, I they were good, but I did not think they were national championship good. Uh, I knew they had a very good team. They're always well coached. Um, but, you know, it was a lot of fun. I loved always competing and, and going in and playing against, you know, the top team in the conference or a big series. You just, you, you as a competitor, that's what you want. That's the where you want to be. So walking into Coastal Carolina, you know, here was my mindset was, hey, let's ruin a season. Like, let's ruin somebody else's season. Uh, yeah, we can't, we might can't play, you know, we can't play for the championship, but hey, we sweep them. They're no longer the first seed. Like, they're, they, you know, it changes everything for them. Or So, I mean, that's kind of my mindset was going in there. Let's just try to ruin somebody's season. And anytime you play, like I said, against them, it was their, a new field. They're, they have their new stadium down there. I hadn't been down and be able to play. So, Hey, it was cool. It, it was an awesome environment to play in. Great, uh, great turnout. And, um, you know, for us, it, to me, it felt kind of like the conference tournament games because that's how they would be. Like when we played any of the other years in the conference tournament, those are the kind of games you play, those, you know, sellout crowds and a lot of energy and a lot of hype. So going down there and playing that and, and, and doing that was a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't, like I said, I did not think that they had that caliber, but then, I mean, they had two fresh arms that came back and, they just clicked. They 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 got hot at the right time, and and that's what it takes. And they were able to make that run, and it was it was exciting to watch that run because you look back, you're like, man, two weeks ago I was over there getting hits off that guy. Two weeks ago that dude was shoving like holy moly. And yep, that and it's funny because I was sitting there watching some of the games with my dad, and like Beckwith would be on the mound, and I'd be like, he's about to throw this, and he would throw it. And then he's like, I was like, he's gonna come back with this pitch. Then he's gonna throw this. He's setting that up. And Dad was like, how do you know? I was like, because that's the exact sequence they pitched me. And, and and so we had a good laugh about that. But that, that was pretty something, you know, pretty special baseball they were playing there for a little while. Man, your, sure. your intel would have been pretty uh, pretty handy, especially those <laughs> next couple of weeks. I sold it. <laughs> um, yeah. Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here. You you had the mm-hmm. opportunity to go down to San Juan, Puerto Rico, right, after the season? I did. Okay, I so sure did. that trip was kind of unique in how it all came together because of the fact there wasn't going to be a postseason and – the old athletic director, Bob Roller, along with Justin Hare, kind of helped implement and, and put this plan together. What was that experience like for you? And I know there was a couple of games involved, but there was a lot more to it, just from a cultural and a team bonding atmosphere. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I mean, it, you know, it, you leave Coast Carolina, you're like, well, crap, you know, we're not playing in the conference tournament. Then you're like, well, at least we get to go down and play a little baseball and, and, and like you said, kind of build the team vibe and allow it to keep kind of carry over next year. And so it was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we toured a couple of areas, went to like old San Juan for and kind of learned about the history and stuff. And that, that was really, really cool. We got to eat at some very, like some local places, which was phenomenal. And then we were able to do a couple of uh, activities like, like um, some like hiking type activities that were, it was just a blast. Like it, it you know, it, it was because there was like, I guess no pressure that you didn't have the conference tournament pressure so you were able to kind of open up and and really hang out with your 
team with your team and coaches. And, and so when we had a couple of games, we knew that going down there, we we're going to make sure, you know, everybody gets to play a little bit. We're going to, we were playing like nine inning games to get some local talent and stuff. And so it was fun. Like I, I knew I was going to play, you know, four or five innings this game. So it gave me opportunity to like, really kind of sit over there and just talk with some of the coaches just about kind of the, the years. And, and I mean, I was coach Hare was there all four years that I was, he was the head coach last two years, but then I had coach Marks was an assistant for two years and, and, and uh, Ty Robinson and stuff. So I was able to just kind of chat with them and, and just talk about, you know, four years and, and the, the fun I had and the ups, the downs, the highs and lows. So, it was a it was a unique experience for sure. And then, like as uh, as we were talking about with the team and just building that that brotherhood and being able to just kind of have something to build off of for the next year for the the next class. No, I'm glad you mentioned that experience because it's one of those things you kind of forget about, especially even just me being here at Campbell for four or five years. Like, oh man, that's right, they did get to go down to San Juan, and I know there were some fun experiences with you and and Cole Hallam and, and some of the older guys on that team. Um, Matt, I, I do want to touch on as well the Senior Class Award because that, that's something that has so much prestige and, and honor around the country. And I just wanted your perspective being not only nominated for that award, but what was it like to, to be a finalist and eventually, you know, be someone honored at that highest level and receiving the Senior Class Award? Um, yeah, I'm glad you, you kind of brought that up because, you know, I, when I got nominated, or what, I think like there's like a 30, a list of 30 people or so that got nominated. I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, that's a national award. Like, I got nominated for something awesome. And I'm reading about it, and I'm reading about all the, the qualities and things. I'm like, well, these, you know, the qualities that I really tried to to kind of put in my game as well as in the classroom. And then I got a finalist. And I was, that kind of surprised me. You know, I was named a finalist. And I was like, eh, 10 people. Okay. Like, and then I go look at the list of the finalists, and they just have, like, Birdie from Louisville. And, like, another, like, these are, like, per, like two or three times you know, first team all Americans in the country playing at um, postseason every year and stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like how, you know, that, you know, I didn't expect to win that. And then, you know, you have the, like the fan vote part and the different things like that. And I was like, well, we looked at the fan vote and I, I will say that my, my, uh, my being local, I think helped because I was able to, you know, rally Campbell and called the high school and everybody was just trying to chip in and vote for me. And so, which that was really cool. I had people contact and reaching out to me like, Hey man, we're voting for you every day. Like hope you win. And so, so that, you know, that, that kind of brings that perspective back of, yeah, it's a national award, but you, you know, you're really representing your community and, and the, the people that you come from. And so uh, that's kind of a, a cool little unique experience with that as well. And then uh, I think it was, I can't remember who told me, either coach Hare or it might've been Jason Williams, the SID. One of the two of them either called me or like text me, say, Hey, like come by the office or something. And I think they told me, they're like, you know, you're going to, you're going to be named the winner. You, you won the award. And I was like, you know, I was like, what? <laughs> like I, there's, you know, no way. Like I'm, I was a walk on from you know, right down the road. Like there's no way that you're going to win this. And then lo and behold, I won it. So, it, it, it for me it was just kind of a a something that I'm I I'm glad I was able to earn and and through just kind of the four years and stuff I was able to earn but like I said it was better for me to be able to represent my community and and my parents and and my family and be able to kind of 
showcase to the national scene what Campbell baseball is. And that's kind of the way I look at it. It's not just an award that I won. Uh, definitely wouldn't have won it without the support of all Campbell and, and Campbell baseball and Coach Hare and, and them. So that's kind of the way I look at it. But it, it, it's uh, I think about it every now and then and the, the chances of it. I just, you know, when I see it, I think of Campbell baseball and, and what it did for me and, and the places it's, it's taking me and the places it will take me. I want to give you one quote that Justin Hare submitted in, in your article when they announced everything. They said, there is no one who epitomizes the student-athlete more than Matt Parrish. And, and Matt, you can speak to this from, from four years of experience and, and someone who had a, above a 3.7 and a smart kid and, like we mentioned, hit 3.70 your final year. How much, how rewarding is it, I guess I should say, to not only do well in the classroom but obviously have some success on the field and, and be able to balance all that throughout your four years? I think it, it taught me a lot that that's being able to do that uh, is not easy for sure, but it's doable. I think that taking the lessons you learn on the field to the classroom and the discipline and the work ethic, and then flipping that too is taking the, the concepts and the mindsets and the little things you have in the classroom to the field. So I think they definitely balanced each other and where I was able and fortunate, I was in high school. I played, I played sport, uh, you know, played multiple sports. So I kind of had an idea, but I just think in college I was able to really try to figure out how to mold them together. And I, that, that took a lot of understanding from my professors as well, and as well as Coach Hare and them. So I think just kind of pushing me to strive for excellence in both and just be that well-rounded. I, I mean, I, that's kind of that was my approach, like. I'm just going to be the best I can in the classroom and on the field. And at the end of the day, put the work in. As long as I'm putting the work in on both sides, that that's to me, that was what it was. That's what it took. I, you know, you can't, can't just hit on the weekends and not study. You got to do both. So figuring out ways to do both and, and, and trying to really strive for that well-rounded and um, that well, well-rounded person. It's, um, it, it just worked. The last thing I want to ask you is kind of more on the hilarity side, but you were not a home run hitter by nature, obviously uh, base hits and, and high on base percentage, but your junior year, and this is right before I got here, but Chris Haymeyer always tells the story about your, your first home run. I don't want to call it a wall scraper, but <laughs> that may be the right way to describe it. Feel free to, it, to give us a sense of your thoughts on it. So, yeah, so what? it's funny because my dad and my then-girlfriend, who's now my wife, was, was there, and – I remember I was hitting, I was at the plate and it was a O2 or one, two, uh, curveball, And he hung it. Right. I mean, he hung it and I hit it. And I was like, you know, when I, I hit a couple in batting practice, not like not nothing major in batting practice. Like I'm not the guy who's hitting, you know, the whole round out, but I would hit one or two out every now and then. And he threw it and he hung it. And I, and I know, I knew I put a good swing on it. But I was like, you know, that's my got a chance because we're, we're at NC State too, which made it even better. And um, I hit it. Thought, I was like, put a good swing on it. So like, I'm thinking double out of the box at least, you know, because I was like, that, I hit the ball good. So I'm going to go double. It's like I'm sprinting. And then I look up and I see like the left fielder stop. So I'm like, well, he either called it or not. So then I keep going and now I look at the umpire and the umpire is doing the, you know, the, the round, the, the sign for home runs. So I was like, well, what? So like I'm sprinting, like I'm cheese grinning around second base. My uh, girlfriend got a picture. She was like, <laughs> she was like, you had the biggest grin I've ever seen around first uh, round and second base. 
my dad's like, you know, oh my gosh, he hit it. So he's like, dad's like running to get the ball. And then um, I get there and then they're like, I get back to the dugout. I'm like, Coach Harris laughing. It's like, what are you laughing at? He's like, dude, that hit the freaking top of the fence. It, it's like, it, it literally, and I saw the video because they have video. It hit the top of the fence and bounced over. So, hey, in the books, it looks like I hit, you know, off the building out in left field, but um, you know, I got the video of it. It, it. it is a little bit of a wall scraper, but, hey, I'm counting it. And that's what – it went down in the books as a home run, so there we go. I'm glad you mentioned that because you did have three home runs the next year, so you, you figured it out a little bit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish – yeah. Well, Matt, uh, we appreciate you doing this. Uh, I just want to bookend this by saying – not only were you a smart student athlete, pretty good baseball player as well for a former walk-on who hit 334 in his career. Uh, my last thought, too, is what was it like as someone who was brought in as a catcher, you know, as a walk-on with, with opportunities to pursue academics and athletics and, and finish out as a pretty darn good first baseman and somebody who kind of filled different roles throughout his career? Yeah, it's it's different. Like I asked Coach Hare um, – Either my junior or senior year, I said, hey, coach, when you listen to me on the roster on, like, the website, like, just listen to me as utility. And because, I mean, I, at practice, I was taking ground balls at second base. I was taking some fly balls, catching bullet pins, uh, doing a lot of catch. Play a little first base here and there. And what most people actually don't know is my senior year, I ended up playing second base in the fall, almost the whole fall. And it was because we had either had an injury or something. We didn't have enough middle infielders. So when we do inner squads, we had three first basemen on the roster, but only – between the middle infield, we only had – and third baseman, we only had like four dudes, four maybe four or five. So when you have inner squads with multiple teams and stuff, it was tough. So I actually played second base a lot in my senior year in the fall, which I actually think helped me at first base throughout the entire fall, just kind of getting that better agility and quickness because I was never one to – I was never swift at foot. So just being able to just constantly get that ground balls and, and on a wider range – but, you know, I, I think growing up, my dad always instilled with me. He was like, first thing, if you can hit, you'll play. It doesn't matter. If you hit, they'll find a position. He said, and then secondly, be able to play multiple positions. He said, be able, you know, my, that's kind of what my dad always taught me is know what to do with the baseball if it's hit to you at any position. So my freshman year when I went to Campbell, yeah, I was a catcher. But when we get our bunt drills, uh, our, our workbooks that had our bunt drills and base coverages and all that, rundown coverages – I would study every position because you never know. I mean, hey, at the bottom of the ninth, and we're the College World Series, and they look at you and say, Paris, can you do that? Hey, I'm raising my hand saying I can. So, you know, being, being ready to be able to kind of take on any role that you're given, I think that's the, the most the, – that is the best way to put yourself in a position to have success and be able to be an everyday player because, if you, like I said, if you can hit – and you can field it decently, keep the ball in front of you, knock it down, they'll find somewhere for you to play. So I think that was kind of my mindset going in. And just, you know, anytime we're at practice, I try to ask, like, hey, coach, you want me to go take ground balls? You want me to go do that? Like, yeah, because we had enough guys catching bullpens, or after I catch bullpens, I'd shag fly balls in right field and actually try to take, you know, some live reads and stuff. So I think for me it was early on when I was younger, it's kind of what my dad instilled, just be able to play multiple positions. But uh, then in college, just not being afraid to ask, hey, can I get some extra ground balls? I know I'm a catcher, but let me get some ground balls. So, Well, Matt, outside of uh, doing fungos for in and outfield, I think you pretty much filled most of the <laughs> – checked most <laughs> of the boxes for the program. 